In this episode, I talk very personally and vulnerably about my horse adventure that continues, why and how I left Ireland in January when I did when I left the horse farm, as well as what's happening now in the horse world and what's happening in my relational world. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. Welcome back, everyone. It's great to have you here. This is an Alive Now episode. I started this because I wanted to talk about what's alive now in me and that often fueled conversations with others or synchronized with what other people were experiencing. So I've fallen a bit behind. The last time I did an Alive Now episode was about lessons from horses, boundaries, and my new assertive hat, episode 57. So you can find that at candicewu.com slash EP57 or slash horse life Ireland. And this is where I talked about some of my experiences when I was in Ireland living on a horse farm. So I was with four horses and living with a host family at the time. And I may have talked about leaving Ireland in a few other podcasts just as an update and how I had arrived back home in Michigan and I was so happy. And if you are following my newsletters, you probably learned a bit more about the process of me leaving and why and what happened, but I didn't really go in depth here and talk about it. So I wanted to do that now. And I thought it would be interesting to start off with going back to some of my spoken word journal podcasts. I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but during my adventures in Ireland, I started to create a private spoken word journal. I shared this with a few close people in my life, as well as my family, so they could keep up with the day-to-day of what was happening with me in Ireland and that I didn't have to keep repeating myself. So I realized I was practically speaking into that journal every day from the time I arrived there, January, I think it was 14th, to January 26th. And then A couple of days after that, I left Ireland and I was just so done with the experience, needed to step away and look away and process it from a different space and not talk about it on that spoken word journal podcast or on this podcast. So I just like neglected doing that. And now I want to go back and just fill in those gaps. I've heard from someone in particular that they really liked hearing about my horse experiences and my personal life, and they encouraged me to share more about that. So thank you so much. You know who you are, who uh, has encouraged me to do so. I appreciate you incredibly, and I keep feeling fueled by the inspiration that you get from from listening into what I'm experiencing. And that's specifically for this listener, but also for all of the rest of you that uh, feel inspired by something or touched by something. I appreciate all the feedback and sharing that happens as a result of these podcasts. And I know many of you don't share your reactions. Uh, Maybe you're worried that 
there's a judgment towards me or some feedback or a challenge towards me, I'd love to hear that. Or maybe you just don't reach out because it takes time and energy and maybe guts or vulnerability. Uh, But I appreciate all of you, no matter what place you're at with connecting with me. So just want to thank this listener for encouraging me to speak more vulnerably, share more of my personal life, and um, to honor the stories that are happening in my life. So let's go back to January 26, 2019, where I have this clip for you, which is titled, Can I Do This? Question mark, question mark, question mark, empowering myself to leave. And then this specific segment is called Day 12 and Still Alive. So you can already feel how I'm struggling and am trying to get the courage or or figure out what's right for me. So here's the clip, unedited, pretty raw, and uh, without filter. So I'm still surviving. I'm still committed here, even though... Uh, it's been challenging, and I say it this way because it absolutely has been a debate at times. Just last night, I was preparing myself to leave if I had to, and I did have that idea in mind as I came that I would give myself permission to leave if I needed to. Uh, I didn't want to break a commitment that I'd made, but I felt like if I needed to, then I would have to, to respect myself and honor what I need. And last night it came to a head where I started looking for other places to live and uh, looking at other um, experiences where it might be a better fit for me. I just felt like the extreme conditions that I'm enduring, the messiness and dirtiness, everything's really still very hard for me. The bathroom sink's still clogged and so I have to go to the kitchen to wash my hands where it's dirty everywhere on the floor, coal and mud and maybe horse poop. Who knows? Uh, We mop and about an hour later, it's dirty again and it's freezing and I'm getting adjusted to that. But with that, plus some things that happened with my host, it just felt like if I'm not going to get what I want out of this in terms of learning with the horses and to feel good through it, to feel ease and Um, joy through that, then it's not worth being here just to have a place to live and food for exchange of doing some work. It's just not worth it. Well, what happened yesterday? At the end of the night, my host cornered me in the kitchen and she was a little bit drunk and decided to question me about the learning that I had that day and something that I had done. And what I had done was when I walked to a certain place near the horse in the stable, I hesitated. Um, I do have this fear that if I'm walking, the horse isn't going to respond to me and I'm going to get met up with resistance and I'm not going to know what to do and it will develop a bad habit and I won't become this leader that I want to be. It's a lot of pressure. I know, but um, so I walked forward. I didn't quite know what she was asking of me, which is part of the problem. I don't think the activity was scaffolded well enough for me. And I thought I knew, but then once I started, 
it didn't, it wasn't clear to me anymore. And so the horse didn't move and she said, just turn around and walk away. And then she did the exercise and the horse was even more resistant because the horse had learned that if they're resistant and stay put, then I'm going to walk away and release the energy. That's the pressure that's on them just by walking towards. Well, she pushed through and managed to, to get the horse to move with some firm and clear pressure and just waited a little bit of time. But, um, yeah, at the end of the night, it was like 1030 at night. I was going to get my hot water bottle ready to go to bed and she corners me and I told her, you, are you asking me right now? I'm about to go to bed. And she said, yes. And pressured me. And the interesting thing is I didn't get all that triggered. I felt like this is disrespectful. I don't like this. I told her I don't like this. I could walk away or I could answer. What do I do? And mm, I'm somewhat okay with what happened. I ended up answering and kept it very short. And at some point I made a joke like, am I dismissed yet? which was my signal that I know what you're doing here. I know, I know that this interaction was um, just, this wasn't an interaction that was very respectful. And the way I'm being treated is like a, a young child that, I don't know, is getting disciplined or something. And so that, that resulted in me feeling like, you know, if, I'm going to learn from somebody. It has to be the right teacher. And yes, I can be forgiving and allow or recognize that teachers make mistakes. I teach my clients, I teach yoga um, as one of my roles in my healing work. And I'm sure that I make mistakes or I have different times where there are relational ruptures or misunderstandings or where I've pushed in a way that wasn't appropriate because of something that was going on for me. And that repair is so important. And I felt, I felt like if this isn't going to get repaired, if I'm not going to feel respected, then I am going to leave. And then here's a fun little section about me being greedy and looking at my own feelings of feeling enough and doing enough as experienced through my interactions with the horses. So some things that I learned. So what did I learn today? I learned a lot. Uh, just to start with some of the themes of what I learned, I recognize how I'm greedy and I want more than what's there sometimes. I just want more and more. And that showed up in terms of uh, just recognizing that one step is enough and not asking for three more. So when I'm asking the horse to move front, back, side, or side, just one step and releasing the pressure, turning around and not asking more of the horse is where we're starting. And not to do that a million times, but once or twice, and that's it. And then maybe do a little bit of uh, what we call, what she calls the friendly game, which is one of the natural horsemanship games of, of touching the horse in a way that they can still, still stand still 
and feel comfortable and safe and okay with it. So just doing a little bit of that and then releasing that and not going for more. And so during the process of me um, doing some of these exercises, I just noticed how I might go for another step or feel like I want to do it again and again. And that plays out in my life. I want more than what's here. And I, I thought I had been very good with accepting and feeling like I have enough, I'm doing enough. It's something that I've been working on goingly. And now I recognize even larger step towards acceptance and enough. Just one step. So as I say that, I take a deep breath. It feels good. It feels like just the kind of inner learning that I want. That feeling of peace and contentment that one little thing was enough. And that I can enjoy other things and not push it. So there you have it, the up-close-and-personal experience of what I was going through. And a couple of days after that, I was working with one of the horses, EY, This horse is the alpha horse, and I had learned some of the basic horsemanship practices with him. So I got to take him out into the arena by myself, and uh, no one was watching. I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, because I didn't really know what to do. And this was part of the impetus for me to realize that this was too overwhelming of an experience in general for me. So we're in the arena, me and this horse, and whenever you're with a horse or with more than one horse, this is considered a herd. So me and this horse are a herd, and anytime you meet up in a herd, all the um, animals combined are trying to figure out who is the alpha here, who is in charge of the safety of the herd, who is going to ask the others to move if something's dangerous who's going to protect everyone, and who does everyone have guidance from? And it's always a question until it is resolved and clear. And it is pretty anxiety-provoking for both human and horse if that's not clear. So I'm trying to establish some sense of leadership with myself and with him. And so you can see how I'm I was struggling with that and feeling anxious about it and just practicing. I'm also reminding myself at that time that I was just new at this, a baby. So how was I supposed to know everything? But if you've listened to my past life trauma episode and some of the other horse episodes, you might know that I'm very hard on myself with the horses because I feel like some sort of resonance with horses that maybe I've been with them in a past life and was an expert or something. And I came into this life feeling like I I should know how to be with horses and how to be a leader to them. So here I am out there and I'm asking this horse to circle around me on a lead rope. And so he begins to circle as I direct him, but very sluggishly. And so I'm asking him to go a little faster and it's not quite working. And as he circles behind me, I see him eye me. And it feels funny. I'm not sure what's going to happen. And slowly his head lowers and then his whole body starts to stop. And now I know what's happening. And it's too late. But now this horse is 
on the ground and rolling on his back and enjoying this like back massage and back scratch, which horses love. And I think that's great. It's just that this is in the middle of me asking him to walk and to practice our collaboration. And what I learned, all you horse people out there may know other thoughts about this. This is just what I learned is that the alpha horse is usually the first horse or wants to be the first horse to be able to just come in and roll on the ground. And it's a sign of strength and confidence and I can do whatever I want and I've I can feel vulnerable and know that I'm not going to be attacked or I'm going to be able to handle it. I'm safe here. And the alpha horse takes that lead and the other horses might follow. And the followers, it's clear that they're followers. Like the alpha horse doesn't follow. So here he does this in the middle of me asking him to walk. And I just didn't even know what to do. So I was like, oh, shoot, this happened. And so I remembered some other things about alpha horses. They walk away and then they walk wherever they want and they, they take that initiative. So I started doing that. I walked away and I decided, you know what, I'm going to roll because I had heard my host also tell me that that's what she does sometimes to establish leadership with the entire herd. She walks right in the middle, dead center or wherever she wants and just rolls on the ground. And luckily that day... It was not muddy up to my ankles as it usually was. It was snowy and icy. So the the ground was full of just ice and I could roll on that. And so I wandered around, rolled on my back like a horse, got back up and then continued walking on my way wherever I felt like wandering in this arena, hoping that this would do something. And it did. The horse... I got the horse's attention and he started coming over to me, which was a good sign. But then I didn't know what to do after that, or I just, I couldn't feel into the confidence of the other practice, the other horsemanship practices that I was doing. So then eventually he did it again. (laughs) And I was like, oh no, this is becoming a pattern. And also, what are we doing here? What's happening here? Is this, is this a pattern that tells him that he's the leader or Is this some sort of weird game we're playing? And I do it again later, and he again follows me. So we're going back and forth. We do this at least three or four times. And at this point, I realize, okay, this has become a pattern that I don't know how to handle, and this is a good place to stop. But I directed him, or I asked him to do a few other things to leave it on a good note. So I went inside and just got cleaned up. And as I reflected on that, I just started crying. I, I just, it just tipped over. The overwhelm of the entire experience. The daily um, wearing of the environment outside, which is tolerable if everything else is good, plus the wearing of the environment inside, like the dirt and mud and probably horse poop everywhere, moldy stuff in the kitchen, Every place being like really icky and just not being able to walk around barefoot anywhere. The sink in the bathroom still being clogged and having to go to the kitchen sink anytime I wanted to wash my hands. Uh, 
kind of dancing around in someone else's space where that person and I are also having interpersonal conflict and um, trying to work it out and doing an okay job of that, but it's bumpy. And then put all on top of that me learning with the horses and also cleaning their poop every day, which became sort of a meditation, but learning how to be with the horses, how to be a leader with the horses when I was just so brand new at it and um, pushing myself on the inside, which I was working with releasing and just being enough in the moment. But having criticism come at me that wasn't supportive sometimes and would come at times where I just needed a little bit of encouragement and where my host would use every single interaction between us as a lesson for me with my horsemanship, which just became incredibly tiresome and challenging. And even when I'd assert some boundary around that, as you heard in the story about me being cornered, I uh, it just was so much to kind of defend in my world. And some of that reflects what I need to grow in. And some of that just reflects a situation that doesn't match what I need. All of that was incredibly stressful. So when I came back inside after this horse had rolled on the ground and um, pretty much just, uh, you know, took leadership because I wasn't quite confident enough, I really felt this overwhelm and realized in that moment, why am I enduring this? I know how to endure hard stuff. I have done that. I have even pushed myself straight into challenging experiences so I can know my own strength and grit and to become stronger and also to learn. And is this the right environment to learn at this time? Do I need to endure a hard situation and overcome that in this time of my life? Is this my lesson right now? Which was the biggest and most important question of all for me because I realized that this wasn't my lesson. My lesson was to walk away and to feel the freedom to walk away with love and respect, to find a way to do that in a graceful way and not out of anger or rejection with that kind of like harshness of rejection or rage, but to walk away in respect and love from this dynamic that so reminded me of my relationship with my father and the lesson here was to integrate this so that I could handle this kind of energy. And the, the way to handle it this time in this moment was to leave. The second lesson that I realized later that I was receiving in that moment is that I wanted to fully trust myself, my inner knowing, and my inner guidance and compass without question. And the very fact that I didn't even give enough space to recognize the knowing until later, until a couple days, I know it wasn't that long, but I'd like it to be syncing up a little bit more to the moment. But this experience helped me to do that. The syncing up of recognizing what my inner knowing is, what my intuition says to do as my go-to. And here in this experience, I was thinking, oh, this is 
this is something I can learn and this and this and this and this. And it just kind of overflowed. And I don't have to learn in every single arena of my life and be challenged in every single part of my experience to grow. And it's okay to enjoy it and to have a kind person as my teacher. And I started to get clearer about what kind of teacher I wanted to have. So this lesson of totally trusting my inner compass, my intuition, what I need to do, was very clear when I told my host and the host's son because they both challenged me and attacked me pretty hard. I got called a quitter and I um, was interrogated and I learned to find a place where I wasn't trying to defend myself but share what I wanted to share and stay confident in my knowing that I needed to leave. I was thrilled when my mom was like, just come home. And that really helped me to take that step. So um, arriving in Dublin for a few days was wonderful and restorative. And then getting all the way home to Michigan, I just appreciated Michigan so much more. And I know that 10 years, 11 years ago when I left Michigan for Chicago, I felt like I was never going to come back here to live. I just didn't, it was rejecting Michigan to a great deal. And now I feel so fond of it. And I spent this last couple of months getting grounded here, even though I'd made a trip to San Diego. I've been very focused on the things that I want to enjoy here, like my growth in ballet and just moving my body that way, working with horses again with a new riding teacher, as well as a new horsemanship teacher that I found, and just creating loving experiences with my family and friends and taking all the enjoyment in. If you read a recent newsletter of mine, I also shared how all of this enjoyment, all of the things that I've created out of finding inner freedom and therefore the congruency in my outer world, like financial freedom, like loving myself, being able to have the time and space to take care of myself, to do things I love, to have loving relationships. And most recently, while I was in San Diego, falling in love with a new person that actually I have known before. I talked briefly about that in the last manifesting episode at candiswu.com slash manifesting. But all these really good things were happening and there was even a little push inside of me to do more or to do the next thing. But it was time to stop and breathe in and out and just take in all the fun and pleasure. Why would I create all this and skip over it? That sends a message to my being that I just don't feel worthy and that uh, we don't enjoy things, but I am worthy. And it's good to enjoy and celebrate the things that you spent your energy and attention on. And that's what we ultimately want to feel. So why not arrive there and truly take it in and take soak it in for longer, as long as you want to, as long as your heart and soul want to. So that's just what I've been 
leaning into as I release more beliefs of unworthiness and um, expand my feeling of worthiness inside to enjoy all this pleasure. And so as I reflect on this ending of leaving Ireland, ending that experience early, ending a dynamic where I didn't like how I was showing up and how the other person was showing up with me, I'm talking about my host, I also was experiencing other endings. Sometimes I would talk about my partner on the show and I want to just mention and honor that relationship with him because that love, the way that it was a romantic love has shifted and we've shifted more into a friendship and a professional relationship and that has also been woven into my experience from January into now. When I left for Ireland, that was the beginning of it. And I don't want to talk completely about that right now. I'd like to talk about that in the next episode that's coming up about relationships ending and relationship grief, because a lot of people have shared with me that their relationships have been ending, whether that's friendships or love relationships or family relationships. So uh, that has just inspired me to do an entire episode on it. So I'll talk more about Christophe and my previous partner there. Another relationship that ended in my world is a friendship relationship that was a really long, long, long time friendship. But what started to evolve maybe even 10 years ago just kind of tailspun and it didn't really click to me that this is a relationship that just needed to end or shift until just recently. And the thing I just want to share about that today is that all the relationships in my life, in my experience, and as I experience them for my clients, serve to show us our inner model of the world, our inner model of ourselves, what we believe and feel about ourselves in the world are reflected in the relationships that we have, in the way that we're treated, in the way that it feels, in the way that the roles are in the relationship. We do attract those people that will support us in seeing ourselves. And that means both our light and our dark. And that light being the love in us, the truth in us, as well as the dark being the wounds or the parts in ourselves that want to be resolved so that we can feel our wholeness. We can come back to our wholeness. So the wounds and the beliefs and the um, things that are incomplete in us that our soul wants to go back to, to heal up and integrate. Our soul wants us to go back to those places where our tender heart has bled or is bleeding still and sometimes bleeding out. And that young, intuitive, sensitive, dreamer, infant of ours, the baby that came into this world that is so open, so full-hearted, with no protections and no guards up, has experienced wounds, has experienced the need to protect and put armor up in different ways and for different reasons, and that all is what our soul wants us to go back to, to heal up and recover, to go back to that innocence, truth, love, pure experiencing. If we're actually taking relationships 
as a reflection, a place to look at ourselves, then we can let the relationship have its own natural life force. Sometimes we do need to tell the other person what we need or ask and request the other person to do something that would support us. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. And that's that can be a very good thing uh, and a way to collaborate. But if there's so much constriction in a relationship, so much controlling of the way things are, can't do this, can do that, need to do this, shouldn't do that, then it clamps down the life force. It clamps down the aliveness of the relationship. And what wants to come through to support us in shaking ourselves awake and shaking us up to look at the places that we're wanting to love ourselves more, to look at the places where we've hidden away that want to be uncovered and to be felt and experienced, known. If we clamp that down, then we don't grow. We don't have our own life force thriving, the soul that drives us towards these experiences to integrate them gets uh, hampered and we kill ourselves in a way very slowly. So I invite you to look at your own relationships in this way, who you are in those relationships and what are the dynamics that you are seeing right in front of you? What are the things that your soul wants you to learn here? And what is it that you can learn here? If you pause and just check in with yourself about all your relationships and just check that these are relationships that support you and you don't have to learn every hard lesson at once. It's not about just cutting off all the relationships that are not fun and joyful and, um, I don't know, positive, I guess. I don't love using the word positive, but it's about looking at what are you learning in this relationship and how can you see this sacred interaction as something that's fueling your spirituality, your being, and who you are in this journey of life. Who have you attracted in your life to show you certain lessons of loving yourself? What does each relationship show you that you desire? And how can your relationships connect you on a deeper level with what you want and who you truly are and where your wounds are so that you can heal those up and find yourself arriving back at who you are? And then that you can attract exactly what you want with clarity, ease, and from the loving that is you. So just going back to my horse journey, about a week or two after arriving back in Michigan, I took a horsemanship lesson from a woman named Sue and her horse Delta, and it was wonderful. I, It just was so incredibly healing. And... That same experience that happened with EY where he rolled on the ground actually happened in this lesson, but it was a completely different experience. Of course, I was alone in that experience in Ireland, but I could only imagine that even if my 
host slash teacher was there in that moment that it, it might not have felt so comfortable. But here with Sue, she asks me or, or gives me the opportunity to ask the horse to walk in circles. So I'm feeling like, okay, this is familiar, but I already had a little bit clearer direction from Sue about how to do it with confidence. And she was so encouraging and kind. Oh, just was so recovering for me for the ways that I was criticizing myself and also feeling the pressure from the outside. So I asked Delta to walk and going around the first way to the right, he did exactly what I asked him to, walked three times and then stopped. And then I asked him to go the other direction. And at some point when he got behind me, he did that same look in his eyes and started to roll down towards the ground or or like slump down towards the ground and get on his back. And I looked at Sue and I was like, oh no, this has happened to me before. (laughs) What do I do? And she said, it's okay. He's not doing anything wrong and neither are you. So that was just really helpful for me to hear. And we stopped and she said, well, he just kind of blew you off. He just, he wasn't disrespecting you or being mean. He just kind of blew you off. But are you okay with that? And I was like, no. (laughs) She's like, well, what are you going to do? If someone blows you off in life, are you just going to stand there and take it? Or are you going to say something or do something? And I was like, I'm going to do something, but but what do I do here? And she's like, well, tell him, do it again and make it clearer this time. Get your energy up and have some conviction with it. And so I did, and we did great. He did exactly what I asked of him because I was clearer and had the expectation, but also responsiveness to what he was showing me and how he was responding. And so when he went around behind me in a circle, I made sure I kept my eyes on him and kept clear about what I wanted him to do. And she asked me to just think it in my mind, walk four laps and be clear. And that just happened exactly like I wanted it to. And I also got to practice many of the things that I did learn in Ireland and that had integrated over the time that I took a break. And Sue was super encouraging and noticed that I had a lot of natural talent. And that just went a long way for me. For her to say, wow, you have a lot of skills already and you're just a natural at this. And for her to show me how she connects with her horse with loving and sweetness at times while having that leadership of clarity and boundaries. All of that was so helpful to me. So wanted to share that with all of you, especially since that same experience happened where the horse rolled on the ground. So my connection with horses is growing and I've been loving riding with this one horse named Armani, who's at a different stable and uh, where I've been taking lessons and that's continuing and my horsemanship skills are supporting me in having clarity, calmness, groundedness, and respect, mutual respect with the horses as well as connection. 
And there's just a bit more. The last day I was in Ireland, I spoke with a woman named Sarah Fancy. She's out near San Diego and she does family constellations with horses. She has seven horses and she offers private mentorships where we design exactly what we want to learn. So I'm so excited that I'll be doing that with her at the end of May. And when I talked with her, she was so validating to me about trusting myself and leaving the situation and supporting that having kindness and encouragement around learning with horses was so important. Her energy was just so clear and vibrant, grounded, and simple in a way. There wasn't extra like sugariness around her talking with me, which I so appreciate, just her directness and being herself. So my adventure continues and it grows into me just wanting to be with horses even more. The feeling of maybe wanting horses, like wanting to own my own horse or lease a horse. You can lease a horse by just paying some amount of money per month to contribute to the horse, horse's food and their care. And in return, you can have a few days with the horse a week where they're entirely for you, reserved for you. But uh, last week, I was offered the opportunity to ride with a friend while my teacher was away at a competition. And I scheduled like three days in a row with my friend to ride. And by the the second day, I just, I was tired. I, so I did two days. And by the third day, I was like, oh, I just need a break. And so that really showed me I was not ready to have my own horse yet. I can't handle being with horses that many times a week just yet. And I'm just honoring where I am right now. So as I end this conversation today about my horse journey and interactions, what I've been learning about myself, as well as relationships ending and serving us to show us more love in ourselves, show us the places where we can find more love, I want to uh, invite you to listen to the next podcast that will be about relationships ending grieving in relationships, honoring and integrating what the lesson is of the relationship, as well as saying goodbye or letting the dynamic end. And also forgiveness around any belief sets that came up in interacting with this relationship and um, the discovery of our own belief sets, ways of being that are worthy of self-forgiveness. If you're interested in this episode, it's not published yet. It's coming soon and it should be at candicewu.com slash relationship endings. So that link is not active yet, but it should be in a very short time. And if you're subscribed to my podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or Stitcher, or any of the other platforms, you'll see it pop up in your feed. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in today. I would love to hear your feedback, your experiences as well, if you do want to share with me. And as I begin to share more vulnerably, I hope to do more of these Alive Now podcasts where I can tune into what's going on in my inner world and my outer world. 
and I'm wishing you all a lovely day and that your relationships, whether they're ending or thriving, growing, taking the next level, whatever relationships that you're experiencing are serving to show you who you are and to show you the loving that is wanting to be revealed. See you next time on the Embody Podcast. Thank you.